Hello and welcome to Property Matters, supported by Fairview International Property Consultancy and auctionproperty.co.uk. And you can find this weekly property show live every Sunday on propertymatterstv.co.uk or by searching Property Matters TV in YouTube or Facebook. Whenever or wherever you're watching us and enjoying the show, please get involved by adding your comments in the comments section. And if you'd like to email us, there's an address. It's hello at propertymatterstv.co.uk. Property Matters is also available as a podcast, of course, from all of your favourite platforms, and you can see them on the screen there. And it's available to stream or download every Monday from 10am on any one of those of the eight uh, biggest platforms there. So what's going on in the world of property? Let's find out with Joe Joshi. Hello, Joe. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, um, <laughs> there's never a dull moment in property, is there? Um, <laughs> Not this uh, week. <laughs> and uh, you know it's, it's a case of the pickings of where do we uh, where do we want to start to pick and unpick uh, and what uh, what's being offered there but uh, we'll we'll try and uh, try and streamline it in our usual sort of layman's way as we normally do indeed and let's start with uh, friday's mini budget which had uh, two uh, big uh, announcements in terms of the property industry, and that, of course, being the Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng uh, turning around and saying that um, the stamp duty cut was back in play, effectively, in the mini-budget. The government is reforming stamp duty by doubling the level at which people begin paying this from 125000 to 250000 uh, the government's also committed to help first-time buyers get on the property ladder in two ways. Firstly, by increasing the level first-time buyers are starting to page stamp duty from 300 to 425. In addition, the government is also allowing first-time buyers to access the relief when they buy a property costing less than 625,000 rather than the current 500,000. Uh, these measures will reduce stamp duty bills across the board for all movers by up to £2,500, with first-time buyers able to access up to £11,250 in relief. So we're back on the stamp duty um, bandwagon again, Joe. If in doubt, move the stamp duty about is the um, probably the phrase that I could bring uh, instantly there. Um, throughout its journey of life, um, every successive government uses the stamp duty as a little barometer to either you know raise it or reduce it or shuffle it or change it and, or, or abolish it or change the, the, the goalpost, primarily because it's one of the only things that keeps uh, people interested because there's a saving. Um, and we know throughout the pandemic, when they actually abolished it for, for a certain amount, for a certain period, a certain section, um, it absolutely fueled the housing market, fueled the house prices as well. And I don't think it will be too different here. And the reason why they do it, I think, is that, um, you know, there are so many other things that they're doing bad and wrong. They're trying to sort of see if we can keep the interest um, uh, pent up um, and, and positive in people's minds about what they can maybe save on and stamp duty is um, in my mind one of the quickest short sharp measures that they seem to think oh well you know the people are quite fickle so they'll just think oh well I'll make you know anything between two and a half and eleven thousand pounds saving I'll go and buy a house but they forget about all the other costs that are related to it and it's just focused on the on the stamp duty and there's so many other areas that are you know now probably different to what they may have done previously just allowing two things one is the stamp duty and the other was the interest rate 
Um, they've always used the interest rate as a yo-yo. We've seen recently what that's happened, what's that, what the interest rate's been doing. Um, and, um, and I'm sure there's more to come. And of course now stamp duty. But there are other areas which we've covered before, but we'll be happy to sort of continue covering as we progress today. I suppose it's positive that they're talking about uh, growth and boosting the economy rather than necessarily austerity, which would be the alternative way. So I suppose this is a, a positive move in that respect. But doubling the nil rate band will enable uh, 29,000 more people to move home each year, in turn boosting the household consumption, which, as you say, is good for the whole of the property market and everyone that relies on it as it all trickles down. Um, it's, uh, it amounts to, the government says, a tax cut for hard-working people uh, and will allow them to keep more of the money that they earn. Uh, there is a bit of a worry though, isn't there? Because they're not really addressing the supply side of this, are they? In other words, we've got a housing shortage in terms of the number of properties. Surely all this is going to do is just fuel the prices even more. Absolutely. Like I said, you know, they, they use um, the two tools that they feel that they can. One is interest rates and the other is uh, uh, stamp duty and yes it will fuel um, the prices um, certainly at the bottom end where there is um, you know zero stamp duty now for up to 250,000 uh, pounds as opposed to the original 125,000 so that's a that's a big um, drop uh, in stamp duty a big big invite to the lower end which you know um, not necessarily perhaps always in the in the south but certainly from Midlands upwards or Middle England upwards is makes a makes a lot of difference, um, um, and you're saving quite a lot of money, and it's another burden that perhaps they don't have to sort of think about. Um, so that's that's a good thing. But of course, getting money in itself, Paul, is becoming incredibly challenging. Lenders are are you know um, the the cost of uh, living included into into their uh, calculation of um, affordability in order to be able to get the mortgage is also now sort of um, creating a bit of a an issue. I've spoken to quite a few um, borrowers, mortgage people, and and sort of potential buyers who have indicated that it's not as easy as it is made out to be to go out and get that because they are using all sorts of um, uh, calculations in order to be able to say that are, are people in a position to borrow the amount or repay it. Um, so yes, there is a nice um, cachet to the fact that stamp duty has been abolished up to £250,000 uh, with immediate effect. But to get to a property or as a first-time buyer, get the mortgage, there, there is a, a bit of a mountain to climb. Because there are so many other areas, Paul, that has probably not. I mean, we we highlight them all the time, but I think uh, the public, the the government, don't particularly want to highlight them because that is actually then counterproductive to the things that they are doing, like the abolition of the stamp duty up to two hundred fifty thousand. But you know, when you think about all of those utilities that have gone sky high, um, combined with um, interest rates, which are now um, at 2.5%, 2, 2 uh, just gone up by half a percent um, this week alone. 2.25, um, Joe. Yeah, 2.25, uh, by, sorry, went up by half a, half a percent this, this week. Yeah. You know, it's still a lot. And I think um, 
the the conversation I'm getting from the buy to let market uh, people uh, that are uh, so not not just the first time buyers is that their rates have gone up to you know because um, it was already above um, the the lower rate their rates are now anything between four and four and a half percent um, uh, on a buy to let so there there are other concerns um, and obviously we can only uh, only edge towards caution. But at the same time, it's quite exciting for the first time buyers to know that this is a great window of opportunity um, to, to get onto the housing market. I mean, it's no surprise that they've done this, is it? Because obviously for the government, it's a nice little earner. It's proven earner because they know, having had the stamp duty cut last year, how much they earned from that as a, as a, as a chancellor of the Exchequer. Um, and therefore, having uh, the markets slowing as it's been doing because of fears about interest rates and affordability, et cetera, the market definitely has slowed down. And as a result, of course, they've just put another Bunsen burner under the market and got it going again. So uh, that's going to ring good into the coffers of the exchequer for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it is absolutely, um, you know, a no-brainer for the first-time buyers, um, provided they can get help and support and obviously... Bank of Mum and Dad, and um, obviously gifting deposits, etc., are all going to mean that there'll be other areas where, you know, a refinancing would happen in order to assist the kids or assist the first-time buyers. But there probably hasn't been a better time to consider buying a property on stamp duty basis because the the, the, the two hundred fifty thousand pound is the highest of zero stamp duty, and there is you know across the country. A lot of property that is available um, within that range, so it's a good opportunity for them to step up. One hundred twenty-five thousand, it was somewhat limited, but um, you know, adding it, putting it up to two fifty, actually brings them into a, a quite a nice level of property, whether it's a, a, an apartment, flat, or perhaps even a small cottage um, in, in in other parts of the country. So uh, I think a great opportunity for the for the first-time buyers. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, like you say, it's going to bring in a lot of coffers for the for the uh, for the treasury, um, and it's a, a, a sure thing. We, we know what it did in the pandemic. We know, you know, every time they they fiddle around with the stamp duty, it is something that stimulates and generates the thing. But um, you're also right in, in pointing out that the supply is somewhat limited. But that's that's a separate discussion. Firstly, I suppose the the important thing is actually that. Perhaps the, the stamp duty levels needed to be amended anyway. I mean, we've had such rapid growth over the last couple of years that the keeping that at 125 um, was, whilst the prices were rising alongside that, meant that there should have been a readjusting anyway of the stamp duty levels. Absolutely. I mean, the way prices of houses have gone up, it was really too far from reality at £125,000. So it's a, definitely a, a more realistic um uh, amount now so that's that's certainly a, a sound move um, and raising it up from half a million to 625 as a purchase price so that basically there is a growth but I think you find that they they have up to half a million pound but the difference um, for anyone will come as a two percent after the half a million pound uh, from a first-time buyer um, but um, you know there study it check it out make sure it works for for you um, and complies with what you want to do. But I think the, the key would be to make sure that um, your borrowing is, is available um, with, with all the lenders because that's where I, I think, you know, um, 
the troubles tends to start in, in the first place. I did see one interesting comment this week, actually, Joe, that uh, that this may encourage downsizers to literally unblock the housing ladder. So if you're looking to downsize, buying a property under 625000 would 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 make sense because you'll get a reasonable property if you're downsizing for that sort of money. Um, and you wouldn't have to pay very much. You'd only have to pay, I think, 5% on the on the um, upper bit, wouldn't you? Um, so it wouldn't be a great deal of, uh, of, of uh, outlay required to downsize. And that, of course, then frees up the family homes for people moving up the ladder. That is true, but you you have to look at what what part of it becomes family homes and what part of it becomes first time buyers. Um, you know, so a family home, just like everything else, when you look at the average one two bedroom flat across the board, certainly in the south, you are looking at three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand pounds, three hundred thousand pound plus. So the two fifty is just about scraping in to zero so you might pay a difference from the 250 to whatever the the price would be as a normal sale but for a first time buyer of course that 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 is a change in terms of uh, i think it's 2% that they will pay the difference between uh, the 250 and um the next next point which is 625 um so they will um they, they there is a benefit but how many houses how many family homes actually become available and how many people downsize the problem with downsizing i find when i speak to a lot of people is that they like the idea of downsizing but it's is the whole upheaval of wanting to downsize um that makes it difficult and and different i think a lot of people would like to um you know move further out and and, and it's all about time in life and i've spoken to many people where uh, they want to do it, but their actual time in life is probably a bit too late um, for the change in their whole environment, let alone the size of the property. Interesting that uh, this is only for the UK, of course, and they haven't actually put these uh, measures in for Scotland. And if the Scottish government doesn't match the gesture, then there's going to be quite dis a bit of a disparity between um, buying a house in Scotland and buying a house in the UK, in, in, in England. Yeah, but yeah, I, the, the question I suppose one has to ask is how much cross-border does actually happen? Um, you know, what happens in the UK for anything between London South and then perhaps the North border up to Scotland and not including Scotland um, is, is, is a different choice for those that are actually physically thinking that I'll buy in Scotland. Now, Scotland itself is you know, uh, almost a sort of a governing body by themselves. So I don't think that that is going to make a huge uh, difference, a huge impact. If it was, uh, of course, uh, stamp duty abolition up to that sort of amount in Scotland would also equally help the people in Scotland. But I think um, they know that the drive of value, the drive of interest is in the main part of the UK. So that's why they're sort of trying to determine the move from there. And then the values in Scotland are very different, Paul. You know, I mean, it's surprising what you can actually pick up in the north. You can pick up a whole island for sometimes when the for the cost of what maybe a flat is in in, in the south. Um, <laughs> so it's it's just the case of uh, you know uh, weighing up where the uh, where where you want to be. How do we think this is going to affect the private rental sector, the PRS, Joe? 
obviously from a landlord's perspective, you know, having to pay less stamp duty is a good idea and, and appealing, but uh, do we think it's going to have a positive or negative effect on rentals? I think the problem we've got with rentals is is a much, much bigger uh, issue. First of all, um, the looming of this Section 21 is not actually helping um, the rental market. The The target of making sure that they reach C status and then EPC is probably also on, on, on the um, private sector's minds. Um, and then, of course, other taxations are also on the mind. Where I believe the government tends to fail is that they have not actually been able to meet any of their targets about building new homes, period. I mean, you know, how many successive governments have come in, different blues and reds and all sorts of other mixtures of colours, and not one of them has actually managed to achieve what they keep saying they're going to achieve. And the people that can actually support that really are people that are in the private sector who do buy buy to let properties um, and can supply that chain. They can actually buy more properties, but they penalise them with all sorts of other things. So they almost shoot themselves in the foot to a large extent uh, because they, they you know say to them, oh, you've got to have this tax, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, just because they cannot make the things happen for themselves that make it difficult for the... So the PRS people are actually, you know, and the jury's out on a, a lot of them thinking, well, do I actually want to continue to do this? And to top that, at this moment in time, um, having the interest rates going up in ordinary domestic um, residential living properties as opposed to the buy-to-let, the buy-to-lets are almost double the amount what is now the base rate. Um, so they might have to pay two maybe two and a quarter above base in order to secure that. And that then creates a, another sector, another issue about return on investment. Um, so when somebody is looking to buy a property to rent out, where they may have looked at a certain yield, certain percentage of return, they're now rethinking that, well, actually, it's now not a viable proposition. Um, so the excitement of buying a buy to let is sort of waning which is going to have a, a, a huge impact. These are the things that I don't think that, you know, they've actually sort of sat back and, and looked at because the supply, they can't supply new ones because they can't build them quick enough or they haven't got this too much regulation red tape. And they've also stopped um, private sectors trying to buy more, which they could rent out to people that actually are waiting on the list, but has actually scuppered them by all sorts of other, all sorts of other legislation. So, yeah, I mean, the, the PRS market is, is going to be challenging, but I suppose the only thing that um, makes it happen and that makes the interest still happening is that there is no other alternative investment that gives them potential, whether it's a yield return or a capital gain return. So if you bought a, a property at £250,000, for example, and you know rented it out, you may not actually um, wash its face on a month-to-month -month basis, but it might be that because there's such a, a huge interest in the marketplace that that same property might be worth £300,000 in, in a year, 18 months' time. So they would have actually gained a return on their investment through the capital growth as opposed to the uh, you know, yield growth. The government say that they've built 1.1 million homes since 2016. 
um, which actually, if you do the maths, is less, far less than 200,000 homes a year. And they've always set these targets of 300,000 a year. So they've consistently managed to fail to hit those. Um, but if you look at London, you've got over 9 million people living in London, but you've actually got 3.6 million dwellings to house over 9 million people, which that's a beautiful sort of analogy of what the problem is in the entire country, isn't it? We've just got too many people, not enough homes. It just goes to show how many people are sharing. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> they crowded, they crowded in their in their uh, in their properties because you know, and and that's where um, the benefit comes for uh, investors because they know that the the room rate per per property on its own is huge. Uh, for the return. So if they can buy a property, a three or four or five bedroom property, and it's able to be rented out. I mean, I think last time I spoke to somebody looking at a, a, just a room rental in London was circa 600 to 750 pounds a week, in some cases, um, in order to make sure that they could just, you know, stand still and, and, and go and have somewhere to live. So it's, you know, it, yes, you're right. I mean, the nine million people there and, and not enough homes is uh, is the same issue across the board of the whole of the UK. I can see on the screen for those watching the uh, the show today. Um, I'll just explain it for the benefit of those listening to the podcast. So your standard uh, home mover um, as of the twenty second of September. 2022, you're on a £200,000 house, you'd have paid £1,500 stamp duty, now it's zero. £400,000, you'd have paid £10,000, now it's £7,500. And at £600,000, £20,000, you would have paid, now it's £17,500. For the um, first time buyer, so you've got naught on anything up to 250, then you've got 5% uh, on anything from 250 to 925. 10% from 925 and above to 1.5 million and 12% above 1.5 million. So that's where we are with stamp duty savings. Also in the mini budget, Joe, yet another revisit of the planning system. So we had Robert Jenrick, if you remember, who probably two years ago was just coming up with his scheme. That was all kicked into the long grass by uh, Mr Gove last year when he became the Minister for Leveling Up and all the new branding that was going on. Now that's all gone and Kwasi Kwarteng has said that basically we're going to have another look at planning and we're, pl we're proposing basically to make it quicker and get out of the way so that uh, so that we can't, we, we, we're not going to get it all sort of set into uh, political wrangling and, um, and, and red tape. The government is also pledging to get uh, the land that it owns, uh, that it's earmarked for housing, um, out and ready for, for, for planners to, 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 to work on and for architects to design um, so that they can uh, get these homes built. But we've heard that kind of thing before, haven't we, Joe? Yeah, it's been an ongoing thing, isn't it? Forever and a day that um, they're going to do this, that they're going to do that. Um, and it's the red tape that tends to stop them. There's always someone who's going to say, we don't want that land to be built on um, all the neighbourhoods and, and and so on. But you know, um, look, we we know that the property market is a driver uh, that is used. It's a tool that is used consecutive, you know, by consecutive governments consistently um, because it is what people like to talk about. It is what property matters is all about. It is what people want to uh, understand. They can feel it, touch it, and see it. And it will continue to do that. Uh, but every government can, that is coming into power just hasn't been able to make its targets. 
um, and um, and so there's there's be a, a continuous challenge and uh, those that can help them make their targets, i.e. the investors, the buy to let people, those ones are the ones that are being penalised when they actually could help the government rather than hinder it. Um, and I think they need to sort of really take stock and, and think about how to address and support the buy to let market, the investors, um, and at the same time, give them the chance to the first time buyers to come into the game. There is an argument, Joe, that says that we should make this a permanent change, not just uh, for a short period of time. Surely these figures should be the new figures all the time. Undoubtedly, as we said earlier on, that when you think that how house prices and values have gone up, these these should be now, you know, the, the set in stone until maybe the next adjustment happens as time goes on. You've always seen me say, you've heard me say that basically, uh, you know, the property market will fall, fall into neutral and drive very rarely or reverse. I spend a lot of time with people who hope and wish that it's going to go into reverse and house prices will fall and they can pick them up at cheaper prices and so forth. And they've been waiting for a long, long time. Um, I mean, if you gauge the 2007 financial crash to 2014, when you know, life actually is seven years, we didn't actually see a lot of movement in the property market but what happened was it just fell into neutral it was only the ones that had to be sold had to be sold but otherwise everybody just stayed put it's clear that that's what people like they they love the property world and they will just rather stay put and even if that was to happen now they would rather struggle and find a way to keep their property that they've got than then and perhaps maybe make adjustments in other parts of their life and not lose their roof over their head. I mean, that's that's the number one thing. You know, one wants to keep the roof over their head uh, as long as they can. Which is, you you spend your lifetime going towards working towards getting it. You don't particularly want to lose it at the last minute. And so that's that's always going to be the challenge. And I think yes, you're right. They should make it now a permanent feature as opposed to something that they just say, oh well, we'll do it this time because it helps us. It should be a permanent feature to help all the people. And of course, there's the argument it should be abolished altogether. But uh, all the time, it's going to provide uh, so much funding into the uh, into the treasury. Then uh, I guess that's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I, I think I think we need to sort of wake up and smell the coffee on that one and say it's just not happening. You know, it's 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 good it's a good news item to talk about, but I don't think it's going to actually ever get to that stage. Indeed. Well, we'll, we'll come on to affordability in a moment because that's our final story. But let's move on to our second story about the. Uh, the supply side of things, the number of residential transactions completing in August increased by 7.6% year on year, which is uh, extraordinary really when you think about the affordability crisis that's going on right now. This is data from HRM, HMRC revealing seasonally adjusted figures were up 1.1% on the previous month. Non-seasonally adjusted figures came to 1, uh, 114,440, which is 9% higher than the same month last year uh, and 4% uh, higher uh, on July. According to the official figures, residential transactions have been made stable in recent months above pre-COVID levels. In comparison, non-seasonally adjusted transactions in August 2019 came to 111,600, which is seasonally adjusted completions totaling 97,850. So basically, no one's that bothered, it seems. Everyone's still wanting to move and um, this is just going to put more fuel on the fire, I would suggest. People will continue to buy. It is, it is not going to change. But what they are now having to take into consideration very seriously 
uh, all the other costs, Paul, that are now involved, which were not always the case before. It's just that this this year, you know, um, they brought in all these issues. The next next month, October, you're going to get a real pinch on on the utilities, you know, the gas prices and so forth. Even though uh, the new incumbent prime minister has turned around and said, you know, I'm going to fix it at two and a half thousand pounds, but that's still probably over a thousand pounds a year more than what the people have been used to. Um, and for all intents and purposes, that's a, that's a give or take a hundred pound a month added on um, on on, uh, on on the utilities. The utilities. So you know that's not just one of them, is it? It's going to be the gas, the electric, the rates, and God knows whatever else. That and and on top of that, obviously food prices, so forth. So there's a lot of um, money that is now beginning to sort of hit people. So I, they will still want to buy property. They will be first-time buyers that will be assisted by parents in order to get onto the ladder because this is a good opportunity to help them to do that. But equally, there's lots of other areas that they're going to have to take into consideration, which were not, not, not the case before. So before it would have been just either stamp duty or interest rate or, or whatever. But now we've got stamp duty as a, is a, probably the only gift. The interest rates you can't change because that's what the Bank of England are going to do. And of course, the utilities are what all the utility companies are going to charge. So, you know, I suppose it's, it's the old adage I was thinking of this during the week. The Lord giveth with one hand and take it with the other. Um, so, you know, I almost feel that the government knew that they had to do something because on Thursday, you know, or they, they were told that... Um, you know, the, 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 these are the costs, etc. For uh, the, uh, the Bank of England turned around and put their rate up, and on Friday they wanted to discount the stamp duty. It's almost like, you know, they knew this was going to cause a problem, so they thought, well, we better counter this uh, quicker rather than later. So I think, you know, it's um, it's it, it's all part of the makeup. I think that is the irony of it, isn't it joe because they you know it's you've, you've been given it with one hand and taken away with the other you know you you get a, a reduction in the, uh, the 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 taxation on the property but then you're going to have to pay over time more on your interest rate um what's also been uh, pointed out joe is the fact that um people don't think that there'll be quite the rush to buy um because there's just so little stock available you know if there's nothing to buy you can make it free if there's nothing to buy you can't buy the stock is uh, the stock levels are so low that uh, and i can't see anything in in these figures that's going to suggest that people will want to suddenly put their house on the market just because of the fact that uh, people buying are going to pay less for it in terms of taxation so i find it um i, I find it rather hard to believe that we're going to have the rush if there's not the stock there to buy and also that sort of urgency through pandemic it was a different set of urgencies that people use here now. Uh, there are lots of other things that they've got to take into consideration. So I don't think it will be, you know, uh, it will set set the market um, alight. But what it will do is it will continue to have it burning quite nicely, simmering along the way, as opposed to stopping and dropping for any reason. It will continue to have that interest where people will think, well, actually, this is a good opportunity. And the key for all of this, Paul, is, is, as you rightly said at the beginning, is the trickling down. And this government that's coming into it thinks that trickling down is going to be the right thing. So every, everything starts at the top and works its way through. We know it does in terms of the property market. We know it did that in 
the pandemic because when houses were being moved, every other industry that is related with property was also doing okay. The builders, the the you know, the carpet companies, for arguments, say the DIYs. So I mean, every one of them did did well because people thought, well, okay, I'm going to move. I need to do this. I'm going to need to do that. So that you know, build our way out of trouble um, was always the 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 tool that was being used by the government, and that's kind of what they're doing now, aren't they? They they're hoping that um, all the other problems that are 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 there this is going to continue to keep an interest in the property so that people will continue to buy and the trickle down situation with other things like the DIY stores and, 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 um, and of course, um, uh, carpets, etc. will continue. Um, but they are, yeah, there are other industries that are suffering very, very badly and that are like, for example, the car industry. And having spoken to a number of people that get involved with that, normally people buy a home and then the next big purchase either upgrade change or, or buy you know buy or part exchange is a car but they're not getting some of the cars in at this moment in time so you know i was told that the second hand car value has actually gone higher because the new car supply has become limited from global points of view um so you know it's not trickling down to in everything but certainly within the property side it is yeah and of course it's going to keep the conveyances busy so they'll uh, not be particularly happy because they'll be uh, rushing around to get properties done within three months and that's going to be a challenge i should say, I, I would suggest um according to the latest figures the <laughs> the sentiment remains positive with 79 percent of sellers confident that they could complete a sale within three months um and prices seem to be uh, fairly stable at the moment so it's uh, it, it is extraordinary how the, the housing market is just so bulletproof. Considering that we've shown statistics that it takes anything up to six months for a transaction to happen. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I wish wish them all well to try and get that, that speedy recover, speedy transaction done. But, uh, yes, you're right, it is not so much bulletproof, but it, it seems to be, you know, um, some sort of proof on the basis that people do want to always ultimately buy or own their own home that's that's the the key they don't want to spend their life paying someone else's mortgage if they can buy a property themselves and pay their own mortgage at least they think they're buying something that is giving them a, a final um a home as opposed to building someone else's portfolio the criticism of what the government has done comes like this and it says that all they've really done is to just adjust the um, levels of taxation on the properties, i.e. stamp duty, in line with how much prices have gone up in recent years. So they've really effectively done nothing other than just rebalance the situation. And the argument that, that is put across as a criticism is the fact that they simply need to do more than just bring everything up to date. But what else do they do, Paul? There is no, that's the problem. It's, you know, it's the same amount of, it's, it's, it's like living at home, isn't it? And you, you're on a salary and within that salary, you are going to adjust your food intake, your heating, your living, everything. And that's what it is. I mean, at the moment, obviously, the government's on this borrowing spree, spree or let's go and borrow more and more money to be able to deal with these things that they want to do. Everybody has a different view on those things. I listen to, you know, um, other pundits in, in the property world and in the financial world who all have a different view on those things. But it's it, there was a list, actually, uh, funny enough, there was a list sort of done, doing the rounds, and I'll, I'll try, and, try and dig it out and we'll share it on one of our programs that pretty much 
everything is taxed there from a time from time when when you go back you know in the early days there was only a certain number of taxes but now there's tax on tax you know you're just spending a lot of time just covering and the reason for, for it is that the government wants every government seems to borrow money and they've got to pay it back and the only way they're going to pay it back is to taxes i mean yeah the irony of it all is sometimes is that they don't look at the home issues um they start to look at the world issues and you know you, uh, you've got to get you, you must have your own house in order first before you start to look over the garden fence as somebody else and uh, but we spend a lot of time looking after other people's issues and perhaps maybe not as much looking after our own issues and that's the government's fault as any government's fault it doesn't really matter whether it's blue red or yellow it's just you know all of them are uh, in the same game Let's have a look at uh, our final story, Joe. Um, and this is uh, quite interesting. A quarter of borrowers will not be able to afford their mortgage if interest rates hit 5%. A survey of 2,000 homeowners. Um, successive interest rate rises combined with soaring bills are, of course, of course, concern for many borrowers uh, being worried that they'll be able to afford their mortgage if rates rise any further. Uh, with the uh, Bank of England, of course, rising rising rates to 2.25% on Thursday last week, 25% uh, of borrowers survey think that they're somewhat unlikely or very unlikely that they'll be able to afford their payments when they hit 5%. Uh, a further 13% of respondents said they did not know whether they would be able to pay their mortgage in this scenario. So not surprisingly, everyone's very interested in the prospect of a 50-year-old, 50 more... 50-year mortgage, get my teeth in today, um, uh, with those longer-term um, periods, of course, meaning that affordability will be much more realistic. 36.5% of people said they would be very interested in a 50-year mortgage. It's getting a little bit out of hand, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, I mean, 25 years was uh, was, was enough, I suppose, and uh, and 50 years. But, you know, it's... it's, I, it's I guess it's, it's good. they've got to find a solution somehow because it is becoming difficult and and to borrow and over a period and then have to sort of try and live within the means of that. You know, um, the salaries are probably not going up at the pay at the paces everything else is. So they've got no choice but to maybe extend the time. But like you say, you know, that means that's pretty much a lifetime. Um, of of continuing to pay, um, it's, it's almost a lifetime loan as opposed to thinking after 25 years, you know, somehow I'll pay this off and this becomes mine. You're forever doing it. So I suppose the the the, the best business to be in is is the lending business because you're going to be having a lot of money coming back time and time again for 50 odd years, and that 50 odd years every time somebody's buying. So every year. Another, I don't know, uh, 100,000 people are going to go out there and take another 50 years mortgage. And, um, and so long may it continue as far as banks are concerned. But I'm not sure it gives you know, real comfort for those that are thinking, well, one day I'm going to own my own home. That could be um, a, you know, a very far-fetched dream. I guess a lot of people will be saying to themselves, well, you know, maybe a parent will 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 leave us during that fifty years, and maybe they'll leave me a property. In which case, I can use that uh, asset to to pay off my mortgage. Or, of course, they can downsize. You know, when they actually end up retiring, or or can perhaps no longer work due to ill health, they could always downsize. Uh, maybe people aren't worrying about 
completing the, the term anyway because there'll be solutions they can they can fall back on. And that's been the case, to be honest with you, you know, already in 25 years. I mean, you go out there with the best intentions of saying, I'm going to do this within a period of if I can pay it off earlier, which is why there was the opportunity of two or three different types of mortgage products. You know, um, it was the interest only. And then, of course, there's the repayment. The idea was that the repayment was so much higher, but you, you know, managed to sell, sorry, managed to pay off the interest and, you know, have some uh, and pay off the, the capital. And so, therefore, you actually ended up owning your property. But uh, no pain, no gain. There was, you know, a lot of pain in trying to do that because the amount that you borrow and the amount you pay back is, is huge, which is why the interest only, I mean, even now, a lot of the, a lot of the lenders are considering more and more seriously to bring the interest only back because, you know, it's, it just makes it more affordable. But timescale-wise, if they're going to go from 25 to 50 years, you know, you could be you could be just paying that off. In a funny sort of way, you, you may as well just rent and carry on paying someone else's mortgage and have the facility to move whenever you want. And that's probably lesser costly than it is to, to sell a home. But unfortunately, we can't get rid of the idea that we always want to buy our own home and, 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 and ultimately own our home, even if that mortgage is a mortgage rather than a, a rental payment. The rental payment, you're paying someone else's mortgage and the mortgage, at least it's your own mortgage. The fact of the matter is that uh, rate rises are not putting off home movers. 24% say that even if the prices do go up to 5% or the rates go up to 5%, they still will be moving this coming year. So um, it's almost blind optimism, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and, and to be honest with you, uh, the rates were amazingly low, Paul, for as long as they were. Um, and I think everybody has always had a, a point in their head of, of what would be still potentially affordable or they'll they can work by and probably five percent is that marker um and um so that's why they're saying that even if it was that level they would probably be able to buy and carry on it's just that the the speed the rates have now been increased are so fast i mean just in months we've had so many little rate rises and you know you're getting your mortgage letters from your lenders as quickly as regulars as, as you like just because each other week every you know month so far there has been a an increase so but very quickly yeah they, they, you know i don't think it's helping the inflation you know i think that's that was it's a bit of a false thing and there are so many other things that are causing the problem but um, we're penalised by saying, "Well, this is this is the right right way. We'll keep increasing the uh, the bank rate, and subsequently you got to pay more." Well, the highlight of the mini budget was that Quasi uh, Kwarteng said that he's going to get Britain building, Joe, um, and he's going to bring a new bill to unpick the complex patchwork, it says here, of planning restrictions and EU-derived laws that constrain our growth. We will streamline a whole host of assessments, of appraisals, of consultations, endless duplications and regulations. We will also review the government's business case process to speed up decision-making. So I'm sure we will be reviewing this as soon as it uh, more detail comes out on this and we'll see if they really do get Britain building because that will be the first time that they've... Uh, hit a target if indeed they manage to achieve it. Well, I smile with that because we know that, uh, you know, uh, unless Quasi's got a special crystal ball that he knows the answer in, 
I think he's sharing the same situation that every consecutive um, chancellor or a person who's come along within government to say they're going to do this, they're going to do that. And the reality is that it does not happen. Um, but, you know, words are easy, I suppose, to stand up there and say, I'm going to do this or we're going to do that. You don't even know if he's going to be in the job long enough, let alone, you know, and that's been that's been half of the issue that pretty much, you know, two years, every two years we've had a change and every two years somebody comes up with a say, I do give it to the people of the UK that irrespective of the two year changes that continue to happen at the heads of the government and the people, they are resilient people. They really are resilient. They carry on doing what they want to do and keep it going, irrespective of all the promises that each one of these guys comes along and says, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Um, it's, I think, the resilience that's actually keeping them in there. So I think we're, we're all become a bit sceptical about what someone is going to say they're going to do, how many houses they're going to build and what change to the red tape that they're going to make. It is still red tape, no matter what. Well, Joe, it's been a momentous week in property. Um, I don't think we've ever seen quite so much go on in a week. And uh, um, I, I guess the thing is, it's slightly frustrating because uh, there's, there's a kind of a, a worrying or negative twinge to each of the stories, really. And, and, and it's, it would be nice to have some really good property news. But I guess, you know, you take the rough with the smooth, don't you? Yeah, well, we try and make it as uh, comfortable as possible, but with, with the reality check that... Uh, it is, it is a great investment. It is the best investment you'll ever make, but uh, always do the numbers and make sure that you, know, you, can, you can afford it. And that's, that's, that's why um, um, it makes it interesting. But uh, yes, a lot has happened in this week and uh, watch this space over the next few weeks yet. I think you'll find there'll be more interesting news as the new government who had a two week almost 11 days holiday, literally after being brought in as the Prime Minister, you know, Her Majesty passed away. Um, and, um, and that gave her a little bit of a reprieve to gather her thoughts. Um, and I think you'll find that uh, there'll be an onslaught of all sorts of things over the next 10 days. But of course, whatever it is, we will try and bring it here on uh, Property Matters. Wise advice as always, Joe. Thank you very much indeed. That's all we have time for for this week. We'll be back with another Property Matters next Sunday, 10 a.m.